Welcome back to the Average to Savage Show with Scaletti, a podcast that will help you overcome your limiting beliefs, setbacks, and fears to create the life you were destined to live. Welcome back. Matt Scaletti here with very special guest, Kara Payton. Kara is an author, motivational speaker, authenticity strategist, and subconscious reprogramming expert. I'm very excited to ask you about all of that, Kara. She is a top 10% ranked podcast host with five years experience in events production and volunteer team building for Tony Robbins. As the host of the Happiness Habits podcast and founder of Reauthenticated, she helps people create an identity of freedom through authenticity so you can end self-abandonment and heal your nervous system of emotional addictions. Wow, I'm pumped. Welcome, Kara. Hey, thanks, Matt, for having me. I'm, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. Let's, if you're good with it, let's dive right in. And we chatted for a couple seconds offline about this, but you had a quote that I picked up on recently that you said, which was destruction of the structures. And I loved it. And can you just talk about how you've used that in your own journey and how you got to this point? Absolutely. Um, well, we'd, we do well to identify what structures are and what I meant by structures when I was talking is that all of us have, whether we know it or not, we have built up various things in our lives that are, we develop as truth or rules or just things that kind of go unquestioned. Any, any number of things like a family dynamic, we're given knowledge about the way that this family dynamic works and we just operate within it. When we're a child, we're born with a need to attach because it, 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 when we're a baby, it gets our needs met. It's how we survive in the world. It's like, we need to be taken care of. And so we attach to our mother or our father or our grandparents or a caretaker or foster parent, whoever yep. we attach to those people. And because we need to be taken care of, and that's a survival, we have two needs when we're born attachment and authenticity, the, and authenticity, when it comes to that, think of it, nothing more as the the willingness to listen to your intuition, your gut feeling, your body as it's presenting signals to you. To be true to that, to be true to yourself, to honor that nervous system communication and to make it break it down even more, the nervous system, just think of it as a communication system with the body, with your mind. It's basically telling you, hey, I feel this, do this. I have this, you know, move around this. It's just a communication system. Okay. And so when we have a signal from our body and we choose to suppress it or ignore it, it stores somewhere. It doesn't go, it doesn't disappear. It's not like, okay, well, you know, I really, really need this, want this. This is what I'm feeling, but I'm not going to acknowledge it. It doesn't just go, oh, okay, well, consider me not acknowledged and I'm just going to, you know, fuck off here in the corner. It <laughs> stores in the body. It stays in the body. And what happens is that over time, it will find another path. It finds a, the least, the path of least resistance. It shows up as chronic anxiety, or it tries to, it gives you, presents it as chronic migraine headaches, or it presents as the inability to fall asleep at night. It's going to find another way to show itself to you. And so fast or rewinding back to the child who is choosing between attachment and authenticity, oftentimes, you know, it starts innocently enough. You're throwing a tantrum in a 
target because you're not getting your toy or your candy or you're tired and your parents have you out there at 10 o'clock at night for whatever reason. And they tell you, shh, 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 you know, no, 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 too loud, too loud, too loud. You're expressing at hundred percent authenticity. You have an emotion that's coming up and you are, there is no filter. There's no stop. There's no, oh, well, she's right. You know, I'm not going to be liked if I pull that crap in public, you just yeah. go, you're just hundred percent authentic. But as you're being hushed and told, it's not okay to do that. Essentially what the nervous system is getting is a message. It's not okay to be you at hundred percent right now. There are places and times where you need to abandon your true nature, your true authenticity, your true feelings, your true whatever for certain dynamics, conversations, people, circumstances. So attachment wins over authenticity all the time. Because if you think about it, that parent that's kind of, oh, no, 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 we're at a dinner party. You can't, you can't freak out right now. I need you to be quiet. I need you to sit down. I need you to calm the emotions. I need you to, to quit crying, stop crying. We're getting the message slightly that because there's going to be some sort of response or a consequence or even a punishment for that emotion, we're basically getting threatened with detachment, our main need. I'm going to detach from you. I'm going to discipline you. I'm going to provide you a consequence if you're you right now. Now this, again, let's, let's assume that for the most part, this is not a malevolent act. This is just, we call it training our kids, disciplining our kids. You know, it's, it's something that we consider to be, you know, necessary for civilization or to just grow up. You need to be, you need to be taught how to be polite. Well, most of the time, this never stops. This negotiation process is now facilitated by the inner critic and ourselves, the ego and our true raw nature. And so now you have this threat of detachment that goes on within, with inside you, where you're basically taught. That's so funny. I said with inside you, because that's something that my friend, that's something that my friend says. Um, How about you caught yourself? I just picked up on that. You, <laughs> you basically have this internal dialogue that goes on. It says, Hey, you want these friends? You want this job? You want him to propose to you by Christmas? You need to act this way. You need to be this way. You need to represent this version. This other version of you, it's not going to be liked. It's not likable. It's too raw. It's too real. It's too unfiltered. It's too tangly. It's too messy. It's too confusing. So you need to now be this. And so what we do is we... we make these micro negotiations of how much of ourselves is going to show up in the world all the time. And it never stops. You take a, a friend group. One of the biggest chapters of our lives is these, these school age years where we see a friend group or something. And we, we make these kind of these micro judgments and micro measurements of what type of people they are, what type of clothes they wear, what type of things they say, their mannerisms, how they act, how they show up what, the, how they take care of themselves there, even some of their, their lens of the world tends to rub off. Okay. They feel this about life. They feel this about authority. This, they feel this about the jocks, the freaks, the geeks, the whatever yep. we, now I'm going to adopt the mannerisms, the external appearances. I'm going to now mirror to belong, to find another way to attach. And it's at the cost of our authenticity. Again, it's at the cost of who we are. So you can imagine the boiling frog that goes on throughout our lives when we get to like 30, 40, 50 years old and we go, who the hell am I? 
I've, I'm in a marriage I can't stand. I live in a life I can't stand. I have a job with a boss I hate. None of my friends seem to be, to know who I really am. I don't, and at the end of the day, when I go through an authentic emotion that I have to stuff again on top of the pile, it's like trying to take a suitcase that you damn well know is not gonna fit in the overhead carry bin. And you're trying to stuff more things into it. Yep. Eventually you're gonna find yourself with one sock that does not fit and the whole thing explodes. The suitcase is the structure meant to contain all of the truth. It's hiding, it acts as like the man behind the curtain where you have, you have this setup where somebody's life, you go into a house and it looks perfect, but you open a drawer and it's just popping with yep. ugliness. And if you could just imagine yourself walk into this facade of perfectionism, this facade of having it all together, the structures are the things that you don't touch because if you pulled it open, it would just pop and explode open with all this truth and this ugliness and this raw, real light and these authentically wild emotions and things that we've learned to stuff parts of ourselves, parts of our personalities that they've, ch we've chosen. These aren't allowed past go. The structures, the destruction of those, it can look like am I really who is looking back at me in the mirror? Am I really happy? Do I really want to be married to this human? Are we really doing life together? Or are we just both gaslighting each other into believing that this setup works? Any structure that you have resistance about questioning have resistance about pulling into unflattering, unfiltered light and looking at it as it is, that is a structure. So destruction of which literally only requires a question. It pokes holes in it. It starts to, it starts to pop the seams on what's been holding it all together. And I had to do this with family dynamics, people that I thought that I would be connected with for the rest of my life. I did this in the face of a person I was going to be married to. Um, I did this, <laughs> I did this to a career, a 20 year career. Oh, so I am, um, I'm quite familiar with the destruction of structures and you know, the, the pathway to freedom I've learned is honesty with those questions, not only asking them, because that's what we've got in the world. We've got a lot of people willing to ask it and it's super fine. It makes a great motivational video and it makes somebody look like a super great life coach, but helping somebody answer that honestly, that's the, that's the space that I stand in because it is the hardest. I can ask you questions in a motivational speech all day long that get you thinking, oh my God, she's so inspirational. And then you leave and you get in your life back in your life again, that you have not questioned, that you have not changed anything about. And the motivational speech ends up on YouTube, only watched by millions of people and never applied by a single one. So that's like long to your cue. My jaw is, for those that are just listening, I mean, I'm sure everybody's thinking the same thing. That was that was unbelievable. I, I was I wrote down like 17 other questions that I could ask you after you were going into that. Thank you for sharing all of that, Kara. I one one of the ones 
I, I, that came up for me is, and I, I love, we can stay on this authenticity topic, I'm sure for hours, but are there certain situations and maybe you teach this where like, for example, I'll give you, I'll give you an example. I almost did not wear a backwards hat for the podcast because I was like, I don't know if that's professional enough, but that like, I feel I show up more as myself dressing how I want to dress. If you're in the business world, I think you probably need to be careful in certain situations. So how do we show up as ourselves while also, you know, maybe making sure that we're not showing up too outlandish or something if it's in the business world or if it's some other situation where you're supposed to be dressed in a black tie event and you show up in jeans and a t-shirt like does that is am I making any sense with those questions? Yes, and to a degree, it's you know the words you used there uh, there are very very telling of what we do to ourselves. Is we're supposed to be, we're supposed to be when we're supposed to be. Yeah, and so you know there are certain things that make our society a beautiful place. I love the organization of certain things. I love the idea that we can make things so very easy to to package. However, that is the weapon. That is the belly of the beast right there is we have we have learned how to package everything. People are not to be packaged. We are not supposed to be so we need to understand that while we've entered into society, we've agreed to this dynamic and setup we need to also understand that our design was never meant to do this. Our design was never meant to live in a society so completely organized as it is right now. Internally, inherently, emotionally. Is it beautiful to have streets we can drive on and highway systems we can use and pro like an online market where if I need something, I can go to an organized place that can deliver exactly what I want, exactly which one I want, to my door. That's fantastic. There are organizations that without those linear discernments between structure to structure to structure or being to being to being or group to group to group, it would make it very hard to, to go anywhere to get anything done. It's been very, very good for the sake of progress. However, we have used this machine to now process everything and everyone. And that's where it gets a little bit destructive. So for that on on that same note say just what you just what you used a black tie event. Sure, absolutely. It's a black tie event. The organizers have decided that this is the theme that they want to use. And my question is to you, if you're one who doesn't own a black tie, you have zero desire to be at a black tie type of thing. You want to wear jeans and a t-shirt. Don't go to the black tie event. We don't need to destroy the event. We don't need to blast the organizers. They've chosen a theme for their party. It's going to be fun. If you think that that would not be fun for you, if you think that you're going to strangle yourself in a monkey suit and it's going to be awful, then my, my suggestion to you is not Let's not blast the event. Let's RSVP no, because your insides aren't going to feel good there. But if you want to go to the event, it's a black tie event. 
put on a black tie, maybe take a spin on it. If you really need to, if you are one of those mismatcher type people who just wants to be different for the sake of being different, find a way to switch it up. Do, do a white tie, black thing, like make it something fun. But the event, the organization structure there is not inherently destructive. We can use it to be destructive by moving away from our authenticity in order to go and fit in. If I'm going to the black tie event because I want good graces from somebody, if I want to make a business deal, if I want to be in the right room, if I want to be friends with people who are not in alignment with who I am. And so then I'm going to sacrifice myself on the altar of wearing a black tie to that thing. It kind of depends on what you make it mean. So certain things, yes, certain things, it's like, you just, you don't need an answer to this. You need a better question and then follow that answer. So you are just so knowledgeable about this space. It is so impressive. And for anybody that's listening or watching and to some of the points you made, let's say they don't like their job or I love how you said, like if they're in a friend group that they don't feel aligns with them, is there a first step they can take? And I know, and I love how you just sort of imploded the whole thing all at once and started over I guess that's one route. Is there another route that, or let's say a habit that somebody can start to implement to transition into the real authentic version of themselves? Absolutely. And I did the implosion of my life because essentially I had realized that it had gone so far off the track of who I am, what I really want, what I really desire, anything that represents even a even a morsel of something that would be true to me, there was no salvaging anything. And so there's a lot of people listening that are in that same boat. There's nothing around them that's salvageable. Nothing represents them. Nothing, they have faked it through everything. Not even a thing hanging in their closet is something that properly represents something they truly love wearing. It's something that gets them, it makes, it successfully morphs and costumifies them into the world, essentially. For those that they do think something's off, they do feel like there's just this weird disconnect. Might I suggest to you that the disconnection is easier to course correct than a, a total self-implosion. <laughs> Can you inquire with yourself and reconnect, like self-reference, self-discover, and almost self What's the word I want to use there? I'm a word, I'm a huge word stickler. So I like to use the proper language. The reason that. why, so let's, let's, let's talk about the reason why someone would operate in a relationship or a friendship or a group or a job that does not align with them in order to disconnect and make connections that are false out there. You have to disconnect with yourself first. There has to be a self-abandonment, a point of self-abandonment first. And so if you can, not the opposite of abandon, if you can reintegrate, if you can re-choose, choose yourself again and re-embody a fullness and authenticity with yourself, you with you, if you can correct that, might I suggest that that would make even the, even the friendships that are not in alignment right now, make those not feel so hollow. The, when, we, when we don't, when we're not with us, at home in the privacy of our own four walls, if we're not choosing us, that's when we want to avoid, distract, and numb. 
that's where we want to choose to self-abandon and find the false friendship or open a dating app when we have no, we do not need to be looking for a date. We need to be looking for a therapist. And when we can start abandoning what we really, really, really need, that's when all of that stuff starts to happen. It's the inception point. In order to join, I like to, I like to say it like this, in order to call someone a narcissist or someone that's abused or neglected or mistreated you, you have to join the side of the abuser, whether you're your abuser secret keeper or you're their best collaboration pal. In order for something to land, something horrible to land, mistreatment to land, neglect to land, abusive language to land, you have to join the side of the abuser internally and abandon yourself too. So the first way to course correct any of that is to say, stop to you and you, I choose you. I'm on the side of me now. I'm with you. I'm not going anywhere. What do you need? And from there, that self-dialogue, it's very uncomfortable because it starts at first, it kind of feels a little awkward because I didn't realize that I had an inner child that was chasing approval and trying at the, with avoid, to avoid criticism was the speed in which she would run for this approval. She ran for approval at the speed of avoiding criticism. And I finally caught the theme. I got the message that I'm making this poor girl inside of me run to the point of utter exhaustion, ruthlessly demanding that she run a little bit quicker, that she's not doing it well enough, that she hasn't, she hasn't won her dad. She hasn't won her adopted dad. She hasn't won her boyfriend. She hasn't won her husband. She hasn't won her new boyfriend. She hasn't won her friendships. She hasn't won the client. She hasn't won the big whatever. I had to tell her, hey, you know what? You can stop running. I get it. You're never going to run fast enough. You're never going to run fast enough for them, but you're super kick-ass. You've been running fast enough for me this whole time, and I've not chosen you once. So stop running, take a breath with me. I choose you. I'm on your side. You're good enough as you are. You've always been good enough as you are. Now I'm going to be quiet now and I'm going to let you tell me what you need. And then from there, because this kid is inside of us, is so gracious and so wonderful and so innocently viewing that they just wanted to be loved and they just want to love others. They just want to attach. They just want to connect. They just want good friendships. They just want good relationships. They just want a happy home. All they're, they're not going to tell you to go scorched earth on everything. They're not going to say, oh, well, yeah, these friends are, these friends are bad and they've been malit. No, they don't think of it like that. They don't offer judgment on top of judgment on top of people. They have so much better of an idea on what you need to be doing, on questions you need to ask. And that internal dialogue, when you build that relationship with yourself and you start listening to what is authentic and becoming authentic to the nervous, you create ease in your body that can be, that is so undisturbable. There is not a friendship out there. There is not a relationship structure out there. There's not a toxic family dynamic out there that would pull you offset, that offsets you, unseats you, uncouples you from that bond. And so my first suggestion to anybody would do is how can you pause all of that, pause your assessment and judgment of everything that's going on outside of you first to get right 
with the one in you who has been trying to give you information about all of this all along, because they've been telling you that relationship ain't right for you. That job sucks your soul on a day-to-day basis. They've been trying to tell you that all along. So start creating a conversation with you. Even if it feels hard, if it feels hard, it just means you have been very practiced in suppressing it. So sit in five minutes of silence a day, 10 minutes of silence a day. Just try and figure it out. Do a brain dump. Write down everything that comes to you. All of the things that bother you, all of the things that feel unsettled and put your subconscious to work. I used to do this thing that I called, I just called it a brain dump because it was easier. I wrote down everything in my life that didn't feel good and was bothering me. Every unsettled issue, every unfinished argument, everything that was just nagging and pulling on the side of my awareness. And I wrote it all down and I put it on my bed before I went to sleep. And I said, I surrender the outcome and my attachment to these things indefinitely. I surrender them. If there is a solution to be had, I command my subconscious to present it to me and ideas and plans. If there's nothing to be done about these issues and they're settleable, they're not settleable and they're, they need to be squashed. I pray that they be surrendered and I release them to the care of the universe indefinitely. They are no longer my, my focus. They're no longer my issue. And I go to bed and then I ask myself of the things that I showed up in today, my true authenticity today, what could be even truer tomorrow? And I command my subconscious to formulate that answer of what could be even truer than this version of me tomorrow. What could be even truer than true? And I do that every night. And when I don't do it, I feel it because I kind of have a repeat of the day before. And even if they're great days, it's just seven great, not eight great, seven authentic, seven true, not eight authentic and not eight true. And that's what I do on a day-to-day basis. It's 1% differences building that up, which is everybody can do. That's super sustainable. I'm not saying implode your life. I'm not saying break up with the, the, the dude. I'm not saying quit your job. I'm saying, how can you show up a little bit more embodied and a little more true to yourself today in where you stand? And I would suggest and challenge you that you'll figure out the rest as your whole person, as your whole being, but you can't figure out what's going to be true to you. And the best thing to do when you you're so detached and uncoupled from your authentic self. That's the thing that has all the answers to begin with. So stop trying to seek the answers out there. You've got them all. You've just unbraided the braid a little bit too far to where you can't hear it clearly anymore. Oh, you just gave so many great takeaways. And um, I've tried to type out as many as I could. I love that. And, And I love how with all the distractions, it seems like there are nowadays how I know I find it difficult Sometimes to sit by myself for five minutes feels like two hours. But then to your point, I, I feel better every single time after that happens. Are you must be are you good at avoiding distractions? And you seem so intentional, Kara, and in how you live your daily life. Are there any thoughts on how to avoid distractions? Or or even maybe if you get distracted. Or do you give yourself grace to say, I I know I got distracted and now I'm going to start living more intentional the rest of the day? Yeah, absolutely. I 100% get distracted. I did it yesterday. I was so frazzled. 
to the point where I was literally just kind of spun out and me with the intention with doing this for six and seven years, I still am just, I was so wigged out yesterday. And then all of a sudden I remembered one of my, I have like three or four mantras that really always ring true for me. And one of them hit me, it came to me and I'm so grateful it did. And after practice, your mantras, your reminders, your things that pull you back to baseline will come for you too. I didn't think of it. I was not thinking of my solution and then it landed. If I had been thinking of my solution, I would have been perpetually looking for something outside of me that I never would have found. When I developed that practice, you re-tether yourself. You tether yourself to something that is looking for you and not anything you're looking for. And it's the reverse engineering of something. You do something intentional. You set the outcome of who you are going to be and the life you want to live. And you find that you put your stake in the ground this is who I am. All the things that you're not will appear as distraction as opposed to where we're like, oh, now I need to, oh shoot, everybody's doing this. Now I need to do that. When you decide who you are and you figure, you solidify that in stone, all the things that you're not will appear to you as distraction. You'll know it's a distraction. All the things that you want to do will also indicate, will come from your identity the who you are part, you'll know what to do because you'll know what you want. Those things will become so crystal clear that any other time it's not that, you will know this is a distraction. This, an, this is an attempt to numb. This is an attempt to avoid. And what you'll do it, you will still go into distraction. You will still go into numbing. You will still go into avoidance, but you'll know. And that's what will cause this internal like, oh, why do I feel so freaking wigged out today? you'll know. It's like, I, I knew that I was distracted because I'd already settled this part. I've already settled who I am. I've already settled the life that I want to lead. And I was not living that way. And so I'm out here in this wilderness crap off way off the path. And I'm going, I know that I'm, I'm like, what am I avoiding? What am I trying to distract myself from? What am I trying to numb myself from? You recognize it for what it is. Instead of being caught off guard where we're doom scrolling and we're, we're literally just hijacked our brains just going I'm taking over because you're not making a fucking decision I'm just going to do my thing and I did that yesterday I was so caught up on my phone I just like pointlessly all day long was just like I'm going to pick up my phone for the 200th time at four o'clock and my mantra came and found me my mantra that tethers me back to my identity back to the grace back to the ease back to the wholeness back to the fullness the truth that I know it said, Kara, in every moment you can choose again. And that's exactly what I needed. There's some times where it's like, Kara, your energy creates your outcome. If I'm overworked, if I'm burned out, if I'm burning the candle at both ends and I am just absolutely exhausted, but I'm trying to force out of desperation to get this thing done when I get really, really fixated on masculine energy, which is not my core that I must, and I have to, and I have to get this done. That mantra comes for me then. Kara, your energy creates your outcome. Basically says stop because desperate energy isn't going to get anything done well. My mantras, my truths will come and find me and go, Kara, come on back girl, sit on down here. You are absolutely not doing yourself any favors. You can choose again and you know this. So stop sitting here in the wilderness, bitching about the wilderness when you know that you can choose to head back to the path anytime you want. So that would be 
that would be my A to your Q is that, yes, I absolutely get distracted. I absolutely find myself in avoidance. I absolutely find myself numbing and not wanting to feel. Um, I used, I used social outings just last week to numb from the boredom and the mundane that is a startup to build this workbook that I was telling you about. It's the day-to-day. It's not sexy work. It's not work that you're being credited for. It's not work that you're doing in the spotlight. It's the unsexy at your desk. It's midnight and you need to complete this. You need to make this one deadline for yourself happen. Um, And the only reason you're up till midnight is because you spent two hours from 10 a.m. to noon screwing around when you should have been working or whatever the case may be. But yes, so true. (laughs) All done that. I just, I'm sure every listener appreciates as do I, your, you're being authentic and vulnerable with us and honest because I think we've all we've all been there. And that was a great segue because I want to ask you about this. We discussed it real quick offline. You have something exciting that you just alluded to coming up and being released to the public. Do you mm. want to share? Because I'm excited to hear more about it myself. Absolutely. So people may discover when they get in my world that I absolutely think the world of self-help and life coaching is absolute bullshit. And I have spent seven years in it and in it when it was first started. And it was just very, very great. All they were doing was asking really inspirational questions, questions to inspire critical thought, to get somebody to kind of turn their stuff inside out. They're not questioning to do anything about it. They're not actually facilitating change of any kind, but it all sounds good. And I found myself in, you know, the world of all of these big moguls and mentors and titans of the industry. And then everybody else that tried to parrot parrot their same influence. You know, we have so many people out there trying to be Tony Robbins, so many people out there trying to be Jim Rohn, so many people out there trying to be John Maxwell, so many people out there like there are so many different people that it's like they have influence, they have spotlight, they have glory, they have all the things that I want. I'm going to go position myself as a life coach and repeat the same things they say on loop and hope that I get following. They're doing it for them. They're doing it for the glorification of the guru standing at the top of the mountain, wanting people to support their laptop lifestyle by saying, this is my definition of success. And here's how you would get to where I managed to get. They're not talking about their vulnerable, ugly upturns. They're not talking about the why they've defined that as a summit. They're not talking about what they're trying. It's very much just like man behind the curtain type thing. And it's all most of the life coaching and self-help industry now is spoken about it's hyperbolic it's whataboutism it's relativism it sounds good it's peddling it's peddling sexy words to get people into their cart and i don't <laughs> mental health should not be should not have gatekeepers emotional health should not have gatekeepers We have used one of the biggest points of suffering in humanity and we've, we've product, we've made it a product 
We've made the answer to it a product. We've made it an online course. We've made it a retreat. We've made it an, a, an online event or a summit or a, we've made it your their answer. And it's not something I can hold for somebody else. My answer to anything that you could be suffering with right now is not mine. If I have well-meaning advice to give you, or if I have a story of mine that might help you inspire your own, but the answer to your issues, the answer to your emotional healing needs are going to come from within you. I can't offer you that. And I sure as hell can't get you to add it to cart or click to register or opt to download. Like that's such a, this world has almost made it where mental and emotional wellness is like another form of prostitution. We've mm-hmm. made it this like, we, you can pay me two to $5,000 to come into my mastermind and then you'll feel better because you have a group of people who are able to afford a mastermind and you have friends now, you have friends, you have glorified friends that we talk about things that your other friends don't talk about. It's just, I can't. So <laughs> I've taken everything that I've learned, every single part of my journey, and I removed my individual I guess, characters and avatars and specific events and all that. And I've made it frames and structures of thought and structures of questions that I went into that broke me free, helped me with my mental health. Cause I was, I was suicidal. I was depressed. I was codependent. I was addicted. I was all sorts of things. And I grew up in childhood abuse and chaos and tumultuous violence in my neighborhood. I mean, it's like just all over that stuff. And I ended up in toxic, crazy abusive relationships and I was a mess. And by the time I found Tony Robbins, my life was in shambles and it was the scorched earth type of situation. And my mental and emotional world was absolutely, absolute chaos. And I am probably one of the happiest people I know now, but it's the structures that I found. I did not find it in a church. I did not find it in a self-help book. I did not find it at an event or a retreat or an online webinar. I didn't find it there. I found all the places that it doesn't exist. And it was all those places. I ended up 50,000 in debt for trying to pay for my emotional, mental wellness. And I realized these were all questions that happened inside of me that I was able to answer for myself. And so essentially the workbook is that long stacked, intense line of questioning that I put myself through for six and seven years, you can get out of in this workbook, you can get out of an emotional addiction or an emotional crisis. You can walk yourself through an emotional crisis by yourself. So that means if your girlfriends or your guru or your coach or your, the YouTube isn't hitting that day and you can't call a friend because you don't really want to divulge all that or you don't have a close friend, or your siblings are going to judge you, or your family's going to think you're weird for going that real, you can get yourself out of a mental thought loop or something that you feel kind of trapped under. You can pull yourself from a place of stuckness, kind of feeling like you're trapped under a glass ceiling, and you can pull yourself out of it. You can end an addiction to a toxic relationship. There's so many different things that I went through that I realized this is a rinse and repeatable process that I could give to somebody else. And it deserves to be in one workbook that's less than the cost of therapy that the entire world could have, as opposed to, okay, great. You went to a therapist for an hour, an hour 
you paid 150 to 250 dollars and now you will because of all the things you divulged your limbic system doesn't know space and time it doesn't know that it's not in the same place of the wound or trauma or a entrapment or negative event that you're talking about and so you're going to spend a week or two weeks living in a stress response just so you can come back and repeat the trauma by re-injuring yourself in the retelling of the story just to do it again rinse and repeat for life oh and by the way here's medication so you don't feel it i just i i don't um i don't subscribe to the way this whole personal development industry has taken shape and i'm here to kind of offer something to someone that knows that none of this feels right and they know that they have the capability and the potential they know something in them is just dying to be to feel free and to feel happy again or for the first time for a lot of us they know that they want change they need the personal freedom that can come from that and they are tired of overturning all the stones in the world looking up all the how to's that all almost seem to only speak in whataboutism and they're all saying the same thing. It's like, great, cool. Can somebody go deep with me? And it's a, it's a workbook that essentially facilitates the deep work for somebody to do with themselves. This is great. I mean, this is, that's going to be so powerful to so many and I'm going to be one of them. I'm diving in, <laughs> I'm in for the workbook and it's, do we say this yet? September 1st is the yeah. release date. September 1st on Amazon. On Amazon. Reauthenticated. Yeah. It, it's called it's going to be called Reauthenticated, a guide to personal freedom and confidence. A guide to personal freedom and confidence. I love it. And, and it's like a self-study. You can do it on your own and take some time each day to to knock it out. Yes. There will be we'll dive into questions about things that you can do on a daily basis. Questions if you say you had the job you hate. It's a question about how can you tap into that version of yourself that I was talking about? How can you reconnect to facilitate better answers and, and form a plan? There is another part of it. So it's basically, you'll go through the life, kind of the life transformation as a whole, but then there's sections in the back of the book that will be as needed on demand basis. So if I cannot make a decision about something, if I am stuck and I just it's a, it's a question that I cannot get any clarity on. There is a part of the book that is designed to get you clarity on an on-demand basis. And there's multiple, there's, it's repeatable. You can repeat this process as many times as you need with any different, any different subject matter that you need. If you feel stuck somewhere, if you feel like you're in an emotional, really, really 911 emotional emergency, you can pull yourself through this process and slowly kind of guide yourself onto the other side. It breaks down what happens in the mind when we go through an emotional crisis, what we may need to do. And it'll say, now go, go do this. Here's a link, follow this practice. Now come back and answer the rest of, is it, is it gone? Is it still there? What about it still there? What does it feel like? All of that. So it's kind of just meant to be for those who don't have one, a coach, a best friend, a parent, a fairy godmother, whatever you want to think of it as, is somebody that can help you reconnect to you. It's meant for you to become so good at self-referencing and self-exploration and then self-transformation that you're kind of bulletproof. You know your processes. You're like, oh yeah, this this don't feel good. Oh, that's page 73. I need to go back to my book and figure out how to move through that again. Do the processes until they're all, they're memorized. And that we do a process until it's memorized. That's a habit. And when you have a habit 
of becoming your authentic self, a habit of becoming the happiest person you know, a habit of being completely unshakable in your mind. I can't think that anybody would need much more than that to facilitate to facilitate and create a life they love. I would not think so either. And I, I just got some goosebumps when you were going through that last part. I, I'm like, I, I got so many, there's so many great takeaways. I love one of the things that you said, people are not to be packaged. I wrote that down. And I love how you said, because I've never really thought about this until you said it, that in every moment you can choose again. That's really powerful. And I appreciate you sharing everything that you shared. I mean, this is, you You just have, and I'm sure everyone listening and watching is noticing this, but you just have a way of like, when you speak, I am locked in and you're just so passionate about what you're talking about because it's clearly changed your life in a big way. So I, I just appreciate you being willing to share everything you just shared. And that vulnerability to me is just so powerful. You're awesome. Thank you. Thank you for that very much. It's it's true. I, and so how do people get a hold of you or connect with you? Or uh, do you do one-on-one -on -one coaching as well? I would, but the design is I'm the coach that is meant to be fired. Like if, <laughs> if at the end of three months, you still need me, I haven't been doing my job and you haven't been doing your work. So oh. the container is only three months. And it is very much designed where we're constantly moving you into place where you're asking yourself better questions when you're moving. Okay. I'm going to constantly grill you on what's in your way, the barriers, the blockades, the questions you're not answering, the stones you're not turning, the places that you don't want to go and asking them why, why they're, why they're terrifying. What, who do you become when you stand in this room in this subject, in this relationship, like watch it, watch what you're doing. Watch how you're changing, observe yourself, reference yourself, explore that. And then we go through it together, basically with a repeatable process that's meant for you to do that afterward. Because I don't think that we should, we should hold some sort of power or authority or knowledge under the guise that it's under the guise that it's not inherently naturally occurring in the person that we're trying to help. I don't know anything more about this person than they know about themselves. In fact, they are a wellspring of knowledge of their own selves. I am literally just somebody that's going flashlight to the dark room, the things that you're afraid of, the things that you're not going through, the things you're not standing in, the things you're not, ref you're refusing to see. And it's, I mean, Long story short, we are our own everything. We've just been in a society for so long and with a design, our brain's design for so long that would have us believe anything but. And I'm here to kind of shake that up a bit. I'm a flashlight holder. That's all I do is I go into the subconscious. I go into the emotions. I go into the fear. I go into the body. I go into the history. I go into the past. I go into the future. I go into the identity and I just shine a flashlight around and I help people pick up the lost piece and put it where it belongs, pick up another disenfranchised piece, disowned piece, abandoned piece, 
put it where it belongs. And once we get that puzzle created, that wholeness refounded, they know how to answer all their questions. They know what they need to do in their business. They know the copy they need to write. They know how to make more money. They know how to find a better relationship. They know all that. All I have to do is reconnect a few things that go on inside that we have, we've been programmed to unplug for convenience, for approval, for ease and not rocking the boat in our lives. And it's, it's, it's a failed system, not a failed person. Oh, that's another good line right there. It's a failed system, not a failed person. This is, this has been so good. And I know everybody listening is probably agreeing with me that this has been so powerful. I'm, I don't know. I don't often say this, like I'm going to have to re-listen to this immediately because you seriously dropped so many great nuggets and ideas and thoughts. And I, I loved it. And your, your website, Kara is karapayton.com, right? Yes. If I'm easy to get a hold of, I love connecting with people. I love listening to somebody move through a transition in their lives and just all of the, the questions and the, the moments of the micro moments and the internal revelations and all of that stuff. I'm, I'm on Instagram too. It's, I'm the only person that's actually behind the phone on Instagram. I occasionally pop over to the messy world of TikTok, but it's, it's just to basically plant a bomb and, and leave and <laughs> just throw a <laughs> grenade in the door and shut the door. Um, but Instagram is care Payton with a little underscore. Cause I was, I was one of the late arrivals to Instagram. So my name was already taken. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I, yeah, I saw care Payton underscore. We'll link that all into the show notes and it is the happiness habit podcast as well. Right? Yes, it is. And there is also a daily, if somebody is looking for just a small daily practice, but they don't sitting in five minutes of silence feels a little bit too unnerving. They're like, believe me, it won't be five minutes of silence. I can tell you that you can go to a guided process. It's 15 minutes long. It's a meditation and a guided breath work to help purge emotions that are stuck or stuff that's no longer serving you. That's just at carapayton.com slash forward slash daily. And it's something that you can do on a day-to-day -day basis. It's it helps you tap in, create clarity, show up as the most authentic version of yourself. It, I've found it gives me energy and it just moves me into more of a state of, of true authenticity. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I just looked it up when you said it, I will, we'll link that in as well. That's a great, that's it. So you guide people through the 15 minutes. Yes, I do. Oh, that's good. Yeah, your your guidance would be very helpful. With <laughs> sometimes when I'm sitting there by myself, it's just uh, it's pretty entertaining to see where the brain all goes with different directions. <laughs> so, so thanks, Kara. Thank you so much again for coming on. I know I got a lot out of it. I'm sure everyone else did as well. That's listening or watching. I'm rooting for you. You're such an inspiration, and I can't wait until September first. Me neither. I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sure you're more excited than I am. But that's and congratulations ahead of time on the workbook coming out. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks again for hopping in. And thank you all for listening and watching. And we'll be back on next week. Thanks again, Kara. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast and leave a comment if you enjoyed the show. To follow on social media, at Matt Scaletti on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, 
and LinkedIn. Feel free to shoot me a message, reach out. I'd love to hear feedback and wishing you an amazing rest of your week.